Welcome to Shrink for the Shy Guy. This is the show for you if you are sick and tired of being held back by fear, self-doubt, social anxiety, shyness, anything that's stopping you from you being you. I'm going to share the most powerful tools and resources that I've been discovering over the last 15 years on my journey to eradicate social anxiety and instill confidence, first in myself and then in every single person that I meet on my journey. You're going to learn these tools and how to apply them in your life now so that you can become the most free, powerful, bold, authentic version of you. Welcome to today's episode of the show. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that pretty much every human has experienced, will experience, and may actually experience on a semi-regular basis, which is loneliness. And this can show up in, you know, we often think about in dating and relationships or maybe friendships, uh, but but really any time in, in any setting. And it's something that I think is often kept uh, private. People don't necessarily talk about it a lot. And yet it's such a common experience. So today I'm going to be breaking down loneliness with my master coach, Jonathan Hernandez. You're not alone in this. Good. There you go. Right now, right now I'm not alone. That's right. I'm with you, so I can't feel lonely. That's right. My shift ends in a few minutes, though. So <laughs> don't don't leave me. Come back. I think it's it's really interesting. I um I, I was listening to all the other podcasts we do, and I was like, man, I always feel like I bring up existential shit. Like mm. this is like some deep stuff. You go deep. I go deep in this. Well, and, yeah, that's an interesting. Maybe we'll probably go there in today's episode too, because right? I mean, isn't loneliness and connection I mean, that's coming right to the core of of existence and how connected we are but we won't start there Just blow people's minds <laughs> yeah, too yeah early. they're gonna be like oh, i gotta hang I, I'm, I'm done doesn't even make sense yeah okay so let's let's talk about uh the experience uh, of loneliness because i think it's a it's a word that uh people think of but as we were talking about it in preparing for this episode i realized like it's kind of unclear what that really means and when people say it and so, you know, what what is that? What have you seen for yourself, for clients? When does that arrive uh, arise in your life, and like, what is that experience like? Yeah, loneliness? yeah. I feel like for me, loneliness comes when <laughs> it's kind of when you're bored. Um, there's usually like at the end of the day, or at end of the day meaning like you're about to go to sleep, um, and then probably like in the morning, right before, right around like waking up out of bed. Unless you're awesome like uh, Tony Robbins or Dr. Aziz waking up and just like jumping into the I ice leap. shower. I leap out of bed. <laughs> you leap out, just jump in the shower, take the dogs out, then run to the gym. Uh, that's like piss and excellence. You know, then, Crack three raw eggs then, into a glass. <laughs> yeah. Drink them. Out of your shoe. That's how, that's how yes. I do. That's right. Uh, then if you're not like those people, um, chances are – you have these thoughts, or I know I've had experienced these thoughts usually at night, in the morning, sometimes when, like, after I finishing hanging out with a group of friends, mm-hmm. there's a moment where you just kind of, I don't know, it's like a, a notion of feeling like empty mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, which is really interesting because that, that can occur. I feel that too. That can occur. It's It's in the transition from being with someone to being not with them. Mm-hmm. And that could be on a phone call, that could be in person. And I noticed this myself, and I think this is pretty common now in our society, is like 
you're with someone and you're talking to them in person and then they go you know to the bathroom or you end your you end your time together and people immediately pull out their phones mm-hmm. and i noticed this urge like i'm on a date or something with candace and we're connecting really deeply and we're talking and it's really you know intimate and then you know she you know goes to the bathroom or whatever there'll be a super strong urge inside of me to be like i gotta check something on my phone mm. even though i don't there's nothing to really look at on there, right? <laughs> stats, <it's>, right? Stats, <laughs> it, and and it's really about a, a, a knee-jerk, unconscious, habitual reaction to going away from that little feeling of I don't even know if it's necessarily loneliness as as much as like separation. It's like there's this full merger or connection we can experience in a way, and then there's like a little bit of that like oh distance or separation, yeah, and that feels. Um, uncomfortable in some way yeah you know we do our uh, this is a plug for our events but we do our events i love being at the events we had that retreat in the summertime for our year two mastermind folks that was so much fun and there's a few people that will have to get on the plane they'll have to head back home whether it's texas or virginia or something and i'm just like oh my god i miss them like Mm -hmm. i just feel Mm -hmm. so like missy um You'll leave the office, and I'll be like, <laughs> "Good, that's how, that's how I want it. That's how I want it to be." And uh, and talking to some of the members in the mastermind, like they'll they, in particular, in like searching for a partner in their life, they're just kind of like, "I desire this type of connection with somebody," hmm. and I'm I'm feeling they might be feeling loneliness on a larger or a wider spectrum than how I'm actually feeling it. Yeah. So that's really interesting. It's almost like the longing. And I know, you know, anyone who's single and wants to be in a relationship can absolutely relate. I've definitely been there in my life that uh, those moments of longing are just more frequent Mm -hmm. and or more intense. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm hanging out with my my partner and now they they went away for a little bit and I'm feeling that uh, transition longing. It's like there's no time where I'm really deeply connecting with someone in that way right now. And that, uh, that hurts. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what's really interesting is there's this idea, though, that when we get that, when you have the partner, that that kind of aching will stop. That's the fantasy anyway. Yeah. And what I found is, you know, being with a- a Candace, and, and it's not like, oh, we're in a marriage where you're distant and alone. You know, it's like we're really deeply connected. I mean, the most connected I've ever been to any, any woman in my whole life and sharing anything, deep intimacy, connection, physical, touch, sexual, like all of that. And what I will find is that there can be this aching feeling I'll feel in my heart often before going to bed mm-hmm. and sometimes in the morning, mm. you know, if I'm meditating or something like that. So there's a story is like, well, if I have all these people in my life and all this love, you won't feel and it. I won't feel that. And, yeah. and it's really interesting as I've been on a, I mean, it's been like a mini year journey of, of inquiry into my heart to be like, well, what is that? What's happening? And I'll, I've explored and continue to explore deep aching and longing and loneliness from childhood, mm-hmm. longing for a certain kind of relationship with parents or family. You know, uh, these things that as I work with them and feel them, they seem to shift and move and lessen, but it doesn't seem like there's this, oh, I reached the end of that. And now I'm done with that feeling. I don't, feel, it I don't feel that anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, th- to me, it almost feels like there's some um, part of the human quest or journey. And, and it keeps, for me, it keeps guiding me into like, oh, what about, what about deeper connection that's not even with my loved ones or other humans? What mm-hmm. about this like deeper connection to 
oneness or God or source or it, to me, it feels like there's this aching to merge with something. Yeah. That's part of it. It's not the only thing. But so my point of sharing all that is that uh, this feeling of, of longing might be kind of built into the human experience and might not be instantly solved by, you know, meeting Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. Yeah. I went on this retreat and I, I had this like meditation moment where I, I just realized like I am missing this uh, longing for this feeling of like being held like the way that a child wants to be held by their mother mm. or like this sense of safety or trust. It makes me think of like kids, your kids, for example, is it's like when I see them or when they we hang out, there's like absolute like joy and they're having fun even when they're sad or something happens and i like hold them they they feel that they're cared for like mm-hmm. they feel the care mm-hmm. and i think as we get older that goes away or we think that goes away and so there's like there's nobody holding me there's nobody like looking at me in the in those parental eyes well you know that's another thing is um i think in our we're kind of um in a way, almost ignorant in our culture of what some of the basic human needs are. And if you're ignorant of what the needs are, you don't notice when it's not happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like we don't think, well, why should you imagine a culture where people didn't know? Think about uh, what was that sh- uh, movie? Uh, Idiocracy. Oh, where yeah. Where they're like, everyone should drink Brano, which is like this Gatorade <laughs> drink. It's, it's in the, if you haven't seen the movie, it's set in the future where the human IQ ha- through basically selective breeding has led to a decline in, in the human IQ significantly. So basically everyone's an idiot. Yeah, the people who have a higher IQ were focused more on their career and their success. Mm-hmm. The people with the less IQ were just interested in fucking. Making babies. <laughs> That's right. And so, um, so, you know, flash forward like a couple hundred years and there's this character who's an average Joe in, in, in his time, goes into a, a cryo you know, tube and comes out 200 years later or something. And it's he's Luke like, Wilson, right? It's Luke Wilson. Yeah, he's yeah. like the smartest man alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, and in there, the society is degraded to the point that they don't know that they need water. Everyone thinks all you need is Brano, which is like this <laughs> yeah. mega corporation, you know, Gatorade kind of substance. And they're even feeding it to the crops and the crops are all dying because it's got like salts in it. So. We're almost there. Well, yeah, we're, society, we're, we're, we're pretty close. Uh, there's a lot of similarities between what was the president, Camacho, <laughs> yeah. the wrestler president, <laughs> yeah. and, and current president. And I know, current it's, president. It's yeah. interesting. It's uncanny. But, um, so it, we, they don't even know that they need water. And it's, you know, we watch that movie and we laugh. We're like, ha, 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 how stupid they are. But then we look at our own time and our own society and something like touch. I don't think we realize how essential, primary, and frequent humans need touch. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how, like, starved we are for it and how much it's going to significantly impact feelings of loneliness or feelings of heartache or feelings of wanting to be held. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if I look at how much touch we share in my family with our kids and with Candace, with Candace versus like when I was say single, maybe I would touch if I was only using the context of of a woman, Mm -hmm. right. And Mm -hmm. sort of intimate and sexual and and it wasn't until I discovered, uh, you know, the, the community that Candace taught in Solsara where they advocate or invite like a like a non-sexual touch. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you can go rub someone's shoulders when they're sitting there mm-hmm. or even like men would be like sitting near each other, put their arms around each yeah. other. And to me, I was like, oh, I've only done that with my brother. Mm-hmm. Like I've never done that with anyone else. So it was pretty eye opening for me. And that started to meet that need before I was, you know, created the family that I have now. Um, but I just I 
on a physiological body level, I think there can be this deep craving that can come from something as simple as missing touch. Yeah, I think also too is uh, crying. I the mm. we've been um, programmed or conditioned to not express emotions, um, whether it's crying or anger in some capacity. But mainly, I think of crying because I, I remember when I was a kid, <laughs> I um, I, if somebody like my dad would say like stop crying or like I would try to like hold it in. And like uh, hmm. you, you start that hyperventilate, like because <laughs> yeah. you're trying to like you're shutting. It's okay, like, just like trying to block like, a sneeze. Yeah, your yeah. body's like, what are you doing? Yeah, and a kid's like, if you, when you're a kid trying to do that, it's like you, your body's going haywire. And now when I feel emotion, I um, or I actually first what happens is I notice I'll get frustrated at myself because I shouldn't be feeling that emotion, uh, or I'll get frustrated at myself because like didn't i already process that emotion why do i still keep feeling it um, yeah so then what what two like random arbitrary conclusions of our minds that say like you shouldn't be feeling it and it should only have a certain amount of processing time i have no idea it it happens to me like I get so it. I do the same so thing. fast yeah i get it um, it's just so i'm i'm kind of marveling at that right that's, now that's that's why i think it's it had to have happened when i was a kid or or being conditioned by like societal because it doesn't mm-hmm. my mind doesn't think like oh uh like don't cry it's like the body automatically knows yeah. to yeah. like shut down yeah. <laughs> yeah. and and it's like hold it in hold it in and i remember dating somebody really dear to me who was like she would express her emotion but she would like hold it all in and you could just see it in her face and i was like hey it's okay and uh I got this catchphrase from my mom. All you say is, "What's the matter?" And then it's just—it's like unlocks the gates, mm. the floodgates, and but you got to do it in this cadence, like, "What's the matter?" And then it's just like, Aah! it just mm. floods out. So, um, hmm. yeah, but there, it, but it, I can't like say it to myself because for some reason it just doesn't come out. And yeah, it's, it's really fascinating with the the memories that you've locked in that have conditioned your body to keep it together. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's how military works, right? In a sense, it's like we're going to condition you so that way you're not emotional during the face of terror or fear. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, you just lock up. And so I, I feel like crying, um, and that's that's not dismissing anger. I'm sure anger is the same thing. I just know in my life I cried more than I was angry. <laughs> or when I was angry, I I did cry too. Um, I'm a very sensitive boy. And and so that could be a another condition on, on top of um, the other thing that we So said. you're saying like maybe suppressing of the crying and the tightening around that contributes to that feeling of loneliness because we're not able to emote. We haven't, yeah, yeah, we haven't emoted that. So it's just, it's like the reason why, not the, it's not the reason why you're lonely, but it's the reason why you're, you're ruminating in the loneliness. Yeah, you're extending it because really, I mean, any feeling is temporary. Right. And is episodic. It will come and then it will increase and it will go and then it will come. And, and so even like grief, which you would consider like intense loneliness or intense longing, mm-hmm. um, you know, when people are in grief, one of the uh, ways to work through it is to become mindful of the waves of grief, when it comes, how long they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, the mind says, ah, oh, I've just been feeling this way. I always feel this way. I always will feel this way. 
I've been feeling this way for months. Mm-hmm. And the truth is you've had episodes of that grief, maybe sometimes multiple times a day. But even that, they're not literally all day long. Yeah. Literally. And it's like you might even feel like you've had it for an hour straight. And you're like, right. oh, my God. The only time they can get really locked in is when you get in this super pattern of resistance or constriction. And that could be like physical, like you're talking about, or just a lot of that mental noise. I can definitely say that there, yeah, I have not achieved a loneliness, a 24 hour period of loneliness feeling. Yeah. Or any feeling, or, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what, yeah. I don't know what, that, true. what you could, what yeah. you could sustain that. It's like, I've laughed for 24 yeah. hours straight. Physiologically, it's like your body just has to reach a different homeostasis after a little while. Yeah. So that's a good point, too. There, a lot of people, clients that I've worked with, they are afraid to go into their emotions because they think if I get caught up in the emotion, I will be like that for the whole, like I'll never get out of it. You know, that's like the biggest um, false belief story that it's like there's a doorway and if you go into the doorway, you will go into the emotion and be and, and something beautiful will happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe not at first, but it's this experience of, letting go, surrendering to it, and it moving and shifting, and you actually getting transformed in that process yeah. and, and wiser and deeper and more loving and more patient and more free. Like it's, it's so much good is behind that door. But then there's like this bouncer who's sitting in front of the door with his arms crossed. He's like, don't go in there. <laughs> yeah. If you go in there, you're, just, you're never going to come out. You're never going to come it's, out. It's terrible. You know, and then we're like, all right. I guess I guess right. I guess they're right, and it's like it's just all that is is uh, safety police like not wanting to go there. And the bouncer is your dad. <laughs> yeah, don't feel. <laughs> yeah, and and I get it. I mean, even after doing this work for so many years, I, it's still a process for me to really, really open to feelings. Yeah, and to do it, you know, sooner rather than later, and um, and because. When you really open to that feeling, especially of loneliness, because loneliness is going to be a feeling of longing, a feeling of aching. Sometimes people call it heartache. It's often centered in the in the heart if you pay attention to your body. But maybe also there's a squeezing in the throat, an urge to cry, tears, mm-hmm. um, tension around the eyes. Yeah, you know all that in the jaw. Yeah, it's yeah. like this. It's such a and and if you if you really go into it, it can actually intensify in its physical sensations. And, and become extremely, from my experience, very uh, painful in the heart. I mean, to the point where sometimes I'm meditating or doing breath work or something, and I'll just be saying like, ow, mm-hmm. ow, this is like getting, you know, kicked in the stomach or something or, you know, cut. It's just a very strong sensation. Um, although it, it's like one of those things where like nothing alarming is happening, nothing damaging. There's nothing wrong with me. This is just strong emotion. And, and, and often... It's this reservoir of years or decades of all of these suppressed things. Right, right. And if we're willing to feel it and, and kind of slowly, bit by bit, be processing it, that intense feeling of the emotion is actually extremely healing and does lessen it over time. I noticed in myself the triggers to help me uh, break, break that pattern of um, like from holding it in. The You're talking about breath work and meditation, and it's like sometimes... I'll have a great meditation to where I'm like, oh, right, I'm, I'm in this moment. Uh, I feel complete silence. I can hear, I can hear like, what's going on outside. I'm present with my body. But then other times I'll feel like so caught up ruminating in things mm-hmm. that it's like I'm just spiraling. I can't even focus. And so I love when you were saying breath work, like the Wim Hof breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the if you don't know what that is, YouTube Wim Hof. There's a tutorial on that, but also there's um, like deep like chanting, like the alms and mm. stuff. I noticed that when I'm sitting there uh, and I'm res- like using my voice to mm-hmm. resonate the the bo- the body in my like my belly or my heart, like instantly I just start to feel emotions, and that's probably why all of my favorite songs are like like about loneliness or something like that because like they're uh. singing it you could hear their pain at least i i do and uh and then i get emotional and it's kind of like the it's like a catharsis yeah, it's a way of kind of accessing that feeling and dislodging it so yeah it's not stuck in there yeah yeah that the the chanting and using voice too i think is a really interesting way and i, I just feel like it's so unfortunate that because of our conditioning we're so restricted mm-hmm. and i'm just like i mean emotionally uh so un like it's not even it's a combination of immature ignorant like our our understandings around emotion it feels like in the culture are so um young and and uh, underdeveloped yeah don't cry and don't sing yeah don't cry <laughs> don't sing don't get angry don't have feelings go to work you know it's just like what 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 this is like the level you know so um, you know, so 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 to this is definitely an area where you don't want to focus on fitting in. I mean, probably yeah. almost every area of life, you really want to be aware of uh, that urge to fit in. It's mm-hmm. probably not going to serve you in being your boldest, freest self. But especially in the area of like, well, I want to, I want to look about as emotionally muted as everybody else, and you know, and that prevents people even in the privacy of their own home from doing a chant sound mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or from you know making weirds just like using sounds to move emotions like well that's weird it's like no one's around yeah and it's I, your home it's your own home and, and it's like well i don't want to i don't want to do These anything walls paper thin as you, you don't yeah, understand they'll hear me moaning but uh, <laughs> it's funny because one of my um good friends uh landon and he's a, a psychologist and, and also a, a farmer and just a really amazing kind of multi a pharmacologist pharmacologist that's right yes. he's a he's an amazing man and and he uh went and spent several years at esalen um that retreat center and eco farm, whatever else they do there in, in the Bay Area in uh, Big Sur. And he just did a lot of inner growth and healing work there. And he said he went to some workshop that they had there and tapped into some stuff around his dad. There's a lot with him and his dad. Mm. And after the workshop, he went back to his little cabin or wherever he slept there. And he said he just like sat there and uh, did he have his hand on his chest, I believe? And he said he rocked and he just like moaned. Mm. for like an hour mm-hmm. straight or maybe more. I'm not sure I remember the story exactly. And Landon, if you're listening, you can let me know. You can text me. you be like, dude, you got it all wrong. <laughs> you got it all wrong. <laughs> this is what I remember. I was in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's like just moaning. And I remember like really appreciating hearing that story. Yeah. You know, and like, oh yeah, when you're lonely, you can put your hand on your heart and you can moan. And there's like so many different ways that we can take care of ourselves and and feel such that we're we're able to move through that temporary experience of loneliness which will then recede even and it will recede before you find your partner or before you throw on the mic stand around and get <laughs> he's, all excited. He's passionate <laughs> before you uh, find your partner before you get those friends like it doesn't mean you don't want to move towards that in your life and try to create that it's just that the the solution to loneliness is loneliness is occurring in this moment and it needs to be felt and experienced mm-hmm. and then and then moved through. And as you feel and experience, you might also notice sometimes what creates the loneliness is a story in our heads. Mm-hmm. And we see this a lot in the mastermind. Like, I'll never be with anyone in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, and basically that's saying this feeling of loneliness will last forever. And they're using the past to define their 
present state, their mm-hmm. future state is mm-hmm. like, hey, I had something great in, with this person. It will never happen again. Something like this will never happen again. Even though some of the stories that they tell me or tell us in the call is like, I don't know, that's not a great fit. You could probably do better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you don't want that to happen, happen again. And isn't it amazing how, and I think we're all guilty of this, how we predict the future with such certainty. Yeah. Especially when it's negative. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it's kind of comically uh, mind-boggling that, that, we, that we stand by that with such like teeth-gritted certainty that we will not experience it anything It will not better. happen again. Yeah. 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 It's like this hardening inside. <sighs> I felt that. Yeah. Well, good. I mean, maybe it means people, if you're listening, you can be letting things go. And that's really what we're pointing towards a lot, right? It's just softening and, and letting go. And uh, maybe a good thing to, to close on would be, so how do we, we talked a lot about working with the feeling. What else can we do to work with loneliness other than kind of be with our feelings and process them. Yeah, I was uh, I was just doing some thinking about this. I noticed that when I'm d- when I'm in a deep work, either focusing on something like cooking or because when you get a you have like a recipe, you have to like follow the steps. You gotta pay attention. You gotta pay attention. Yeah, there's a there's a system there, and um, and so I noticed that things that I, that I do that require like systematizing or paying attention procedural stuff um i don't think about anything like ruminate about loneliness at all so i love going to the gym working out being in your body um and imagine like if you're carrying all that weight the emotional weight like doing a i don't know maybe a 10 to 15 minute purge of like emotional letting go can really open up your body into feeling like oh wow i feel so so much better i'm gonna go for a run or i'm gonna go uh, for a hike. Mm-hmm. And that could be just like really powerful. So definitely, you know, some sort of fitness activity, um, clearing your mind. I would avoid definitely like social media, um, yeah. television or like radio, like the news for a time while you're, while you're doing emotional work. Uh, just outside in- influences that can kind of, uh, cha- it's so quick to fall into other stories or sure yeah you're just gonna you're just gonna feed off of that and, yeah and, and kind of build up your whole narrative of like look at all those other people that have love that i don't have yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i knew i'm a loser that's right <laughs> and uh and so i would i would say start off with with that working on doing something that's more systematized find out what you actually enjoy like as, as a hobby um could be just reading a book or could be going to the movies um yeah, that's kind of where I would I would start off with. I love that. And I think one of the most loving things that you can do for yourself is to see the truth that you don't know the future. That 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 the past does not equal the future and that when you're looking and you're saying x will happen or x won't happen, you are entirely referencing the past mm-hmm. and just and just like overlaying it on the future. And, you know, if anything, uh, can you choose faith instead of fear? Yeah. And just say, you know what? I, I am, I do want to create that in my life. Like I'm going to work with the loneliness right now in this moment. And I will have that connection in my life. Why? Because I deeply want it. Mm-hmm. And what I deeply want and focus on and pursue over time, I will experience. 
and just choosing to believe that, choosing that. And then that, I mean, just think about that just from a functional perspective of what you're going to do in life, forgetting about the whole metaphysics of it, right? Just from a functional perspective, it's never going to happen. I'm never going to have that in my life. That's person A. Person B, I'm going to have that because that's really meaningful to me and what I really is really meaningful, I'm going to create in my life. Yeah. Like who is more likely to take actions and show up in, in the world in a way that's going to produce the outcome, you know, well, actually, both are going to do that, and both are going to get the outcome that they're proclaiming. It's destined to have, mm-hmm. in the sense of, you know, you can that person who's going to be like, "I need to do this, I need to do this now." They'll never know fulfillment because right? they'll all just be they'll just be pursuing the next thing to avoid feeling. Mm. And then you have someone who's like me, confident badass, mm. who's like processing feelings and taking the time to go through their goals, and you know, each each day. I like this phrase of like one step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. It's like very present. That Apollo like, Creed. That's Creed, baby. Creed, yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Number one or number two? That's one. That's Creed one. one. How many times have you seen number one? Probably about thirty-eight times. I'd like say. really sitting down and watching, or you just have it on the background. No, no, sitting down and watching it. Wow. I can't. I can't even have like a like a sitting in the like in the background. That's a diss. That's like, oh, that's just, you got it. <laughs> you do that with proper, shit that you don't like, like yeah, friends. I, don't, I do not something. have that level of, I guess I have like more novelty seeking in me. Like I get, it was repetition. I, I cannot think of a movie that I could, I could maybe watch movies a second time if I'm like, maybe a third time. You know, actually, okay, that's not true. Episodically, I can, I can rewatch Pacific Rim and Dread. Those are Dread, just, yeah, yeah, there you we know, go. like once a year. Sometimes it's true, but I just can't. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> That's how you deal with loneliness. You yeah. watch Dread. You watch Dread That's... with some friends, and then as soon as it's over, you put it back on again, rewatch Start again. it, and say, "Don't ever leave me." <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's steer this into our action step. Time for action, action, action. Do you, do you have an action? Step? I, I, oh man, I was just listening to the playback and so i thought i thought you were gonna have i one. don't know i mean i we, we kind of gave a lot of action steps all right hey all right. everybody yeah. and we, we're back we gave a lot of action steps <laughs> i mean there was a there's probably at least a dozen in there what do you want another one just pick one okay so your action step for today is to pick come to a live event come to a live event get some coaching with jonathan those are your action those are the steps. two acts those are the only two things you need jonathan will take your loneliness away no one ever feels I'm like lonely. a sponge i'll just absorb it, it all <laughs> and i'll squeeze it out and purge like it out later bucket. uh beautiful action is going to be uh find some way to work okay here here's actually one that i have an idea for is pay attention to loneliness for you this week in your life when does it arise Certain times a day, with maybe after you're with someone um, in the morning, whatever it is, and just be very curious about it when it does arise, and just notice like, oh, where do I feel it? How strong is it? How long does it last? Kind of make a more observational study of it as opposed to kind of a reactive one. And if you notice, you you know, do you get in stories about loneliness? Like, there's a loneliness. Oh God, it's so awful. And see if you can soften some of that and just become just become an observer of that loneliness. For this week, yeah, I like that. That's good. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. I totally had that one pre-planned. We, I didn't just yep. make it up right now. That's right. All right. Damn it, man! You've done it again. Dude, you can't. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. And until we speak again, may have the courage to be who you are and to know on a deep level that you're, you're awesome. awesome. Yeah, that was close. That was good. Nailed it. <laughs> thanks for listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. 
If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com. For free blogs, ebooks, and training videos related to overcoming shyness and increasing confidence, go to socialconfidencecenter.com.